Welcome once again to Mass Movement Presents, episode 8, sponsored by Engineer Records. He's the Tim. home of hardcore. <laughs> the home of hardcore. <laughs> Something like that, anyway. He's Tim, I'm Chris. Thanks to everybody who downloaded the last episode on iTunes or Podbean. If you like what you hear, be sure to check out our other shows on iTunes and Podbean. Uh, this week's show will be heavily influenced by, much as our lives have been, by Agnostic Front. Tim and I are giving you the lowdown on what makes this band so special to us and many other people the world over. And then to top it off, we're going to interview with AF frontman Roger Merritt himself. Roger Merritt, hey, woo! Yeah, so that's coming later on. And of course, we'll also delve into geekdom, as we always do. Uh, among other things, we will look at the Universal Monsters and the latest goings on with Batman. But first, Tim is mad as hell, and he's not going to take it anymore. That's right, he's not. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! So what is this week, Tim? Okay, so Disney by Lucasfilm, right? Yeah. So Disney buy everything to do with Star Wars. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Brilliant. Yeah. We've had more Star Wars films since Disney bought Star Wars, more Star Wars series than we've ever had before. And okay. What, and what does fandom turn on to? Disney ruined Star bitch, Wars. Bitch, bitch. Disney ruined Star Wars. No, they haven't. They haven't ruined Star Wars at all. Right? What you're doing now is making me want to find out where you live. <laughs> do they look like Pete Tracker? Come to your house with a hammer and beat you to death because you're, you're the one ruining Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars was always supposed to be a sort of expanding universe in which different stories are told and the Skywalker story is coming to a close. The Skywalker, Skywalker stories would never have come to a close if it hadn't been for Luke selling to Disney. Right? That would, It just wouldn't have happened. So Disney have made the, the nine films now. This is the ninth film. Lucas said he always wanted to make. He didn't want to make any more films after the sixth film, after the original prequel trilogy came out, because fandom didn't like him. And George threw his toys at the pram. Nobody likes me. I want to go home. (laughs) So the beard wanted to go home. Disney picked the reins. Disney made these films. Don't care if you don't like them. That's fine. Right? I'm, you know, I I love The Force Awakens. I like The Last Jedi. There were some faults with it. You know, Princess Leia in space, that wasn't brilliant. Yeah. I'd have done the heist on the planet Not differently. Ideal. I'd have done yeah. it more like um, like an Ocean's film, like a proper old-fashioned heist film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, it was a great film. Yeah, I it agree. It told the story how to tell. It took us from the point A to the point C we had to get to. And everything was fine by then. I love Solo. Yeah, I did. I, th- I thought Solo was excellent. Right? And so Disney cranking these films out is, is <clears> not a problem to me. Disney cranking out more Star Wars series like The Mandalorian. We got a prequel to Rogue One, and Rogue One. How good was Rogue One? It's, it's literally yeah. one of the best Star Wars films. And yeah. Without Disney, you wouldn't have got Rogue One. That's so true. shut your collective mouths and just sit down and behave yourselves. If you don't like it, don't go. Yeah. I don't care. I'm not going to miss you. Yeah. <laughs> I won't hang out with you anyway, you dirty little bitches. Well, I agree. It's like you say, the expanded universe is too good. There's too many good stories to be told in in the Star yeah. Wars uh, lore, if you like. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm for one. I'm happy to see it. Uh, it was. I think it would have been somebody would have picked it up. And I'm I'm rather it's in the hands of the greatest storytellers ever. Right. Than not than you so know some. Exactly. Who better to tell fairy tales mm. than Disney? Exactly. Yeah. Who better to tell stories of princes and far princes and princesses in faraway places? Yeah. You know, making good, becoming more than they ever dreamed they could be. Yeah. You know, the forces of good fighting against the forces of fashion. Disney does it better than anybody. And Disney are doing it better than anybody as far as I'm concerned. When yeah. Rise of Skywalker comes out, you can all kiss my ass because <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I agree. And you're I think so. And so, last week, this week, that's what makes you yeah. mad as hell. And Baby Yoda. You know about that, do you? Well, yeah. 
I've got a 16-year-old daughter because I know a baby can Yoda. I bet you're fuming about that. I, you know what, right? I was at first, if I thought it was going to be awesome, cutesy little Yoda, it's just going to be, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, just the fact you've got a spoiler for Mandalorian. I know you're waiting for it. No, but you, you can't avoid this baby Yoda yeah, thing yeah, appearing yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it is. So I found out, I did, you know, I was a baby Yoda, what the fudge is going on here? But when I found out, this yeah. um, member of Yoda's species is 50 years old. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's all right with me. It's not baby Yoda. I mean, they're, 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 they're teenagers. Yeah. That's what they like. You know, yeah, they yeah, can yeah. make memes out of it. I don't care. Yeah. I don't get memes anyway. It's like, no. just trying to explain memes to me. I'm like, oh, memes. Oh, funny mem. Oh. <laughs> okay, then. So that's this week's Mad as Hell. Yeah, and we'll yeah. be back next week with more things that irritate you. Of course <laughs> Everything irritates me. I'm old. <laughs> I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Okay, we've both been watching on Netflix, The Toys That Made Us. Yeah, third uh, series now. Yeah, yeah, great series, especially um, if you're of a certain age, I think. Yeah. It's, um, it's brought back a lot of memories. The thing is, I, I think as it's moving on, it's moving on in time. So at mm. the moment, it, these are the toys I sort of missed out on. I didn't get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I'm not... Yeah, it, you know, that's that's past me as well. Yeah, they, like my, you know, I, I mean, I know you're a big My Little Pony fan. You being like South Wales Premier Brony, yeah. I know this is a big thing for you, right? Mate. And it's a big like it was it was a big move when you came out and you actually admitted, and I was so proud of you, you know, to stand up and say I am a Brony. My name's Chris. I'm a Brony, and that was it. It's cool. You've outed well, me. Well, I think everybody already knew, mate. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not exactly a secret, but. I yeah that kind of passed me by and then yeah. there was the wrestling figures and I, I for the life of me I can't remember the fourth what was the fourth episode of this series? Oh, uh, wrestling figures, teenage mutant ninja turtles. I've forgotten. My Little Pony. Oh, Morphin Power Rangers. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Again. Again. Okay. Uh, yes. Straight off my head. Yeah. You know? I, I never got those. I had a little brother. Well, I have a little brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I had a little brother until I drowned him in the toilet when he took my ponies away from me. <laughs> I have, I have a little brother. He was into Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I never got that. But um, the wrestling figures, well, yeah, that's right on the nose for me. It's it's, it's not for me. Cause yeah. I, mean, I was beyond sort of toys by that point. To me, I've still got them. I still collect them. To me, it's all like, uh, by that point, I'm like, oh, D20s. I'm rolling, I'm, I'm rolling <laughs> dice and getting down. You know? I'm not like hood dice or anything. I mean, I'm sat at the table with pen and paper. Going, yeah, yeah, it's my character. We'll do this now. My WCW Ric Flair is my uh, prize possession. Prize possession, even. Why? Because it's Ric Flair. Well, apart from just being Ric Flair, because that's the only reason. There's one reason, because it's Ric Flair. Okay, well, it was. I really enjoyed playing with those. That WCW range gets slated, um, but it was because they had no moving parts. Yeah. But they, to me, they would just look more realistic, and um, I, I must remember. I have fond memories of playing with them as a kid. Fond memory, and I could. Whereas in real life, like you know, in the late eighties, I couldn't get Hogan versus Flair. Right. I did. Yeah, you had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had it right there. Okay, no. Yeah. Fair so um, yeah. I, mean, I, I enjoy the series and I enjoy the backstory and I enjoy hearing the creative stories. Yeah. And I enjoy the sort of history yeah. that's part and parcel of it. And, you know, the way um, the corporate wheel turns and the way everything's done, the, all the behind the scenes yeah. sort of deals and things. I mean, I wish with the wrestling episode they'd had some more wrestling personalities on there actually talking about their likenesses and talking about Yeah, yeah, that would have been good. That would have been fantastic. Interesting but, story about the, was it the Galoob guy? Oh, I can't remember which one it was. He wanted to get it at the the WWF contract, so he, he his boss wasn't. Oh, he pretended to be his. Yeah, yeah. his boss wasn't sold on it, so he yeah, he but, rang up and he organised an interview with a meeting with Vince, pretended to be his boss. <laughs> but it's just that's the kind of thing you want to do to, I guess, to get it done with the guy like Vince. Yeah. He's essentially a hustler. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he's just a big money hustler. He's yeah. just a pimp. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Without the good hat. 
<laughs> yeah, you'll be a pimp. You need a badass outfit. And Vince just does not wear a badass outfit. No. He, he, what he should be doing is swaggering down the rink with that sort of my knees are shot. Look at my big shoulders <laughs> and my man boobs walk. Right? <laughs> he needs a fedora and he needs a cloak and he needs a cane. Yes. That's yeah. what Vince needs, but he doesn't have that stuff. I love Vince. Therefore, he's not as cool. I, 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 Apart from he's, he's a Trump-loving bastard. Well, he's a billionaire. Yeah. So of course he's a Trump-loving bastard yeah. because he's going to get tax breaks and all the kind of stuff that goes yeah. through it. And um, we noticed that it popped up this week. Uh, the movies have made us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> on Netflix. So that's, that looks like a really interesting series. Well, well I started watching that last night. Um, <clears throat> the first one is Dirty Dancing. Yeah. I've never seen it. We well, only really picked that. It's not the first one I would have. I guess because I don't. Um... It's, it's like it's an iconic movie. I get that. I've never seen it. Never seen it. First no, time Patrick Swift. <laughs> yeah. Dead your little ponies out. Why <laughs> <laughs> you giving you the lift at the end? The Broly night. Did he dance on the telly? Yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris is happy sitting there in his leopard skin pants watching his thing, doing his ponies and whatever else they do. I, I I really haven't seen it, and it's weird. But you watched you watch the uh... yeah because I I mean I haven't seen it I haven't seen it uh, once or twice I think yeah um, no more than that and it's just fascinating to hear the story behind these things mm. and you know the fact that Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey hated each other because of Red Dawn yeah yeah and I I loved Red Dawn at the time when that first came out because you're thinking oh better than the Red oh die comedies of Raising America but they got such good chemistry on screen it's it's weird like you know obviously they hate each other but well I guess, I guess it's that thing is there's a thin line between love and hate so that's that's like that a good works. example of it yeah 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 there's a Ghostbusters episode as well isn't there yeah I haven't seen that yet I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not supposed to that die hard Dan Aykroyd's proper crazy yeah yeah I, I see I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was a proper Probably to all the spiritualism and yeah, psychology yeah. and UFOs and oh, all that yeah. stuff. He is just out there. It's like when you watch. Um, He's oh, proper tinfoil hat stuff, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. What's, that, what's that show with Georgie Madhead? George Theopodoblo, blah, 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 this and that, convicted fraudster. Georgie Madhead. Oh, well, you've seen his hair, Georgie Madhead, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he's called that. Because his name flashed up on screen, it's something really long in Greek. Okay. And, and you know, I, I don't want to be offensive. I'm <laughs> really unlock because, you know, I've got um, But it's Theopodoblo, blah, 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 I, 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 I can never remember what it is. Okay. But he's got this loony hair, so it's just because Georgie Madhead and like Eric Von Daniken is their, is their show. <laughs> right, okay. Um, and being a sort of, I want to know more about these guys. Yeah. I knew Von Daniken was a convicted fraudster before he wrote uh, Charity to the Gods and all that kind of stuff. Because he's a hotelier. Eric Von Daniken is a hotelier, first and foremost. He committed. Well, now or he was? He then? was, okay. before he became an author. Right. Uh, before he did jail time for fraud. Yeah, okay. Because he defrauded people who came to his hotel. So is this some weird fraud? Okay. Yeah. And Georgie Madhead is um, he's a bodybuilding promoter, and a bodybuilding promoter suddenly becomes an expert on ancient aliens and, and alien civil you know extraterrestrial communication with human civilization and alien interference in man's evolution. I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it's entertaining guff, and I like it. I really do. Yeah, yeah. But it's that's all it is is guff. It's just a money spinner, isn't it? It's just yeah, yeah, capital, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah well, I mean, Dan into all that kind of stuff and more mm. power to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, I guess it takes being loony to. I mean, I, I say that loony and it really affects the way. Oh, bless him. Loony, he's like loony. he's like the family loony. You know? <laughs> You're entertaining Uncle Dan's coming to talk, coming to dinner. <laughs> Don't ask him about the aliens. We'll be here all night. What else? There's uh, Home Alone's on there, isn't it? Home Alone's on there. Um, Classic. That's really cool. It, it, it's weird because I listened to a podcast with 
Joe Rogan interview Macaulay Culkin. Okay. Um, about a week ago, and that's really entertaining. It's a real eye opener about Macaulay Culkin because he's not who you think he is. He's just a really odd cat. Is he really? Yeah, but in a sort of harmless way. Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah. You'd like to hang out with him for for an hour or two, and then you'd like run away. <laughs> Do you think? His whole sort of upbringing, I mean, he was... Oh, mate. How can that, that whole upbringing not mess you up? Yeah, not yeah. make you, like, you know... Because he was massive, wasn't he? Yeah. He was, um, uh, he was everywhere. Michael Jackson videos. You know, and then there's that whole thing where he... Must, he got rid of his parents. What, oh, there's the, a word for it. I can't even remember the word for it. Divorced. Uh, yeah, he's sort of... It's divorce. Or, yeah. Like, he divorced his parents because his dad's... That's right. A raging control freak. And now his brother's um, a massive actor because he's doing that show Succession. Yeah, yeah. He did that mm. black metal. Um, yeah, about mayhem. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, that's worth Good. watching. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I mean, the only mayhem record I ever enjoyed because I'm so underground was the very first one. <laughs> um, what was it? Ne- Death Crush. Death Crush. Because Tommy Vance played it on the Friday Rock Show. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. Um, that's how I heard about it. It's just like, oh, God, I want to get a copy of this. It was impossible to find it because it's, you know, it's all yeah. in this one. Hell, there, in Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had to get import from there and it cost a fortune. And it's just like sub ENT. Like, did you try it? Did you? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Did you, like, look for anything else after that, though? No. So you liked that? Did you sort of. Yeah, but then, you know, when you hear, like, because you get the record and then, oh, by the way, their vocalist is dead. He shot himself in the head and. Mm. And they're all wearing they're all cracking bits of skulls and yeah. somebody else stabs somebody else and you're just like you know what that's not the scene for me <laughs> I know thank you I don't want to be wearing bits of my mate's head you know and it's yeah during the hardcore scene they seem all well it's, the thing is, is they you know, seem nice it and sort of welcoming. made me angry as well at the time because it was the first time I'd experienced suicide when my mates had died oh okay. the same period so you just kind of go uh, push yeah, yeah, yeah. and move on and yeah so I like that. I like that. I like their early stuff. Yes, I like their early stuff. Stroking my beard. Like, oh, <laughs> the demo only that was recorded. You're so it's a back, cool. It's a backwards, and I wish I fucking was. <laughs> I've never been cool ever. I've been ahead of the curve, but I've never been cool. <laughs> That's about it. That's the most I can say. Switching up then uh, from Netflix to Amazon Prime, Man in the High Castle. Last season. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I've loved this show from the beginning. I'm still in season two, see, so. Oh, mate. Um, it's just so good. Yeah. Um, Same thing I wanted to be. Completely deviated from the Philip K. Dick source material. But yeah, yeah. As it's gone on, so it's become this wonderful alternative history. Uh, you know, it's exploring the multi multiversal theory and, and sort mm. of alternate worlds. It's just you know, how one little thing changes everything. Yeah, it, it's, it's what could have been. Well, it's the postulation what if the Nazis invented the atomic bomb if they got there first, mm. and they then they drop it on Washington, so America falls, and America falls, and falls into Nazi control. But then, because America's fallen on that side, it falls on the West Coast, so the Japanese come in from there. And it's yeah. just oh, it's mental. It's frightening as well. It's uh, yeah. What could have been though, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, and you thinking, and you any show which Nazis die is always good. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. Always, you know, that's why Indiana Jones works so well. <laughs> <laughs> right up until King of Crystal Skull. Yeah. There's no Nazis to fight in there. And he melts them as well. Well, he doesn't do it. Well, he doesn't do it, no. Jehovah uh, melts. <laughs> 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 that's a... Mm, saved by God, that's a... 
What get out of jail free card can we use the end of this film? That's I'm God melting. It's melting Nazis. It's melting Nazis. Oh, you've been bad. You've been bad Nazis. <laughs> what else are Nazis? I do love practical effects, but that's not one of the best ones. I've... Oh, I'll tell you what, though, right? Seeing that in the cinema for the first time. I bet it was quite a... I damn near crapped my pants. I bet, I bet yeah. <laughs> I know, it's, well, it's 1982, 1983. Yeah. And there was, um, in fourth quarter, so there were two cinemas. There was... And they both went to Echo Bay. So you had like, the old Ritz, I think it was called the Ritz, which was like the big cinema house that was like the Empire in Virginia. And then you had like a little flea pit cinema, which stands there from Crossroads on. And I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark in there. I saw Condor Man in there. I saw... Most oh. of the films I saw were in that little flea pit cinema because it was like a pound to get in and you could just take a wander down there for hours yeah. pound and just see a double bill and come home. When we started this this podcast, I never thought we'd mention Stan Stennett from Crossroads. Oh, I did. I knew Stan. I knew Stan would make Lo- it a bit. Stan, Stan would make his presence. He, <laughs> I only met him once and he was bloody horrible. <laughs> you met him as well? Yeah. Did horrible man. Absolute <laughs> nasty piece of work. Completely the opposite of what he's like on TV. Yeah. I mean, he might have been having an off day. You know, he might have run out of whiskey or somebody might have taken his dime bag away from him. I don't know. Right? He passed it. I was thinking dead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like talking to the dead, but you know, he was a dick. <laughs> that day, yeah. that day I met him anyway, you know. Would crossroads have been made if Man in the High Castle was. <laughs> if the Nazis won? You are reaching now, aren't you? <laughs> if the Nazis were made, would crossroads be made? I think so, because crossroads was terrible. I'm looking for positives. It was like old lady propaganda. Did you ever, did you ever see the original? Old lady propaganda? Oh, it was dreadful. I, t- when, when I remember a bit of it as a kid. Benny and. Oh, yeah, well, when that was on. <laughs> My nan. I can't believe we're talking about Crossroads. My nan and her sister used to live together. I used to. They helped raise me, so they brought me up. Yeah. On my nan's sister, my aunt Audrey, who was awesome. She used to give me books and all sorts of reading, take me to the cinema to see all the old chapter plays and all the stuff that's been repeated. So I saw Jason the Ark and all that stuff. Like okay. That. Yeah. I read all. The, all uh, she made me read Holmes and Verne and all those kinds of people. Cool. All right. So, but they always used to watch Crossroads, and they used to work the most interminable half hour of my life. <laughs> And I was there, saying, like, why, why, why are you watching? Shut up, Benny's talking, kind of, you know. And then it would go from Crossroads straight into Emmerdale, Emmerdale Farm, as it was. Emmerdale Farm, then, right? yeah, yeah. Which was even more boring then than it is now. <laughs> At least now they try to spice things up by stabbing each other, and, you know, everybody's diddling each other, and who knows what's happening. Why the She from the pen again, Harry. Yeah. Oh, I stroke my beard, let's go to Woolpacker. <laughs> what I love about Emmerdale is the fact that in the 90s they decided to overhaul it. By dropping an aeroplane on the village. Yeah, but nobody seems to think, you know, shit, we're on Lockerbie. Yeah. <laughs> we're no. basically putting Lockerbie on, on the TV screen. All those poor buggers are you know, still completely torn about Lockerbie. Yeah. Know? Boom. Yeah. Drop, drop an aeroplane on, on a Yorkshire village. Shit. Because I mean, that's, that's what happens. Aeroplanes just fall out of the sky. They, they don't really... <laughs> well, they do, but they don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do like that, because flight paths usually take them over, you know, away from these kind of places. <laughs> I told you, there's not many podcasts out there that go from Man in the High Castle to Crossroads to Emmerdale. Well, in, maybe in an alternate reality, Emmerdale Farm would be some sort of super duper Nazi base, and Amos would be like the resistance trying to infiltrate it. Maybe that's worth. Let me think about that time. I just, I just like the the postulation that there's infinite possibilities mm, yeah. in the Man in the High Castle. I look, that's why I love multiversal theory that every yeah. action you have spins off into Causes, a different reality. Yeah, yeah. a different causality. So it's you know. Somewhere out there, you know, I'm rich and happy. Yeah. Somewhere out there. Somewhere, somewhere out there. Somewhere yeah. out there. There's one of me at least that's going. Oh, 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 oh. 
living the high life. One of you out there is, is riding um, the haunted mansion on a daily basis. One one of me out there owns the haunted mansion. That's basically <laughs> right. Lives at Disney World in some castle somewhere and just listens to punk rock all the time. A bad religion or his house band. <laughs> one of me out there is living his best life. Yeah. But only one. Could be you. It's not gonna be me, you dildo. <laughs> How long have you known me? How successful am I? I'm uh, piss poor and not successful. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go and uh, read some Michio Kaku books now. Oh. On multiverse and stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna to have to go and read this, I will just look my beard. <laughs> Hi there, this is H from Acid Rain and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast because you're a sensible, clever, smart individual. Right, should we have a track now or what? Yeah, let's have a track. Uh, drunk Marksman? Drunken Marksman, yeah. Drunken Marksman. I'll this say, is... boys. Pig's new band. Yeah. Oh, everybody's got a story about Wayne. Oh, oh yeah. Um, did you, do you remember first meet? When did you first meet Wayne? Uh, going to the Dynamo Festival in 1995. Going to see Motorhead in 1987, right? Good Lord. Uh, it was the Rock and Roll Tour. Yeah. And Rectify were playing the Mars Bar. The Mars Bar? Yeah. Yes. What was that? Cardiff, Newport? Yeah, yeah, Cardiff. Um, you know the venue and all those kind of places were. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's on one of the streets where the capital is on the street that goes down from behind there. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was the Mars Bar they played somewhere like that, and he was handing out flyers, and we said, "Oh, we're going to see Motorhead." He goes, "Sorry, right, we're not going on to that Motorhead." We finished, so we're like, "Okay, we're going to see Rectify then." Nice. And that's the first time I met Pig. Yeah. And I've known him ever since, and he's like one of the nicest guys. Thirty-two years. Yeah. Wow. He's one of the nicest guys in punk rock. He is. Yeah, I like him. Not further ado, Dragon Marksman.
was drunken marksman. He was. Hello, everybody. This is Igor Cavalera from Peprick Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. I went to the pictures. You did go to the pictures. I went to the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> what did you see, Tim? Frozen Two. Nice. Of course I did. Well, of course I went to Frozen. Of course I you did. Frozen. Yeah. Of course I went to Frozen Two. I was like, ah. Frozen was badass. Yeah. Frozen was yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Was this uh, on par? Yes. It was, is it? Yeah. Because the trailer didn't do it for me. See, it was... um. Okay, so the story, the plot of the film, mm. is as good, if not better, than the first one. Really? Some of the songs aren't as instantly memorable, maybe. Um, That'd be hard to top, though, wouldn't it? I mean... Yeah, that's that's my only criticism. I really enjoyed the film. It's mm. like an hour and 43 minutes, and it doesn't feel like half that time. Okay. Where you're in there. It's just... All, um, the, all, the, all the characters you expected there, yeah? Yes. Excellent. I'm glad. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, with... No, no. They've taken they've taken them all away. They've, it's a completely new set of characters <laughs> to introduce you to. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's all the same characters. And they got the um, the okay couple make an appearance. Do you know the ones who won the shop in the first one? No. Hello. Yes. No. They don't. No. No. sort of accent. um, there's sort of a, a bromance moment. Okay. But it doesn't go anywhere, or it's just like a little aside. Yeah. Okay. Something. Doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't really do anything, but it's funny for two minutes, and that's about it. But yeah, it's I I really enjoyed it. I think I yeah I saw the trailer. And I was like, oh, there's no way with such an iconic song as Let It Go. They're not gonna. You yeah, you can't yeah get anywhere near it. Yeah. I mean, there are moments that come close, but there's nothing that makes you you know want yeah. to stand up in your seat and throw your arms back and scream Let It Go and just sing along and because <laughs> I do. Yeah, well, I hear that. I do every single time. Brings a tear to my eye every time I hear it. My niece is a massive fan, and um, I put her on for her every time I come over. And I'm singing with her. It's fantastic. Well, why wouldn't you be? Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 so, yeah, Frozen Two. I thoroughly recommend you. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. There okay. were I, I I you know I had the uh, I had moments. <laughs> sweaty eyes. Well, sweaty eyes, and when the, the air conditioning <laughs> threw, threw threw a bit of dirt up. Damn that air conditioning. And um, you got you got to speak to them because you. You tend to have sweaty eyes or bad eyes a lot in that cinema. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> you need to speak to them. I do. I, I need to have words with the management, <laughs> and, and you know, can't just be my choice of films. Yeah. You know, because they're like every Disney film, sweaty eyes syndrome. I can't. I, no. Dear manager, it started in 1982 <laughs> with Fox and Hounds. <laughs> Dear manager, I have I have discovered. <laughs> but it's no, it's 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 really good. I mean, there are, I was talking about this earlier with Partridge. Hmm. We were discussing the uh, sort of not so subtle allegorical theme of the film, which is, okay. which deals with American colonialism and expansionism. Okay. Um, and we you know we're talking about the fact that somebody on the writing staff loves Mary Shelley. I mean, really, really loves Mary Shelley, and the idea of wide-eyed innocence questioning the bigger quest, questioning life's mysteries, and pondering the, the wonder of the universe. That's part and parcel of it as well okay you know this sort of um the existential angst of becoming of aging and discovering yourself find yourself getting older without having the knowledge or the wisdom to realize what the world is really like okay and still but still accepting there's magic in the world it's, yeah 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 it's a nice dichotomy it sounds interesting it is yeah. it is i mean maybe i'm reading too much into it because i want to read too much into it but that's what i got from it yeah um, that's what you got from it yeah Plus, lots of magic. Of yeah. He's a galloping. He was more. It's just a cartoon with princesses, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
Hang on, I'm murdering you to death. <laughs> I'm going to bat you to death with a microphone in a sec. Cartoon with princesses, my arse. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Look at Yogi Big Bear saying, Oh, I pushed the button. Oh. <laughs> you got sweaty eyes again. I knew it upset you. <laughs> uh, All right, I know how to upset you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on then. Yeah. What was well, it? You've got to go see it though, it's really good. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's definitely worth seeing. I mean, I would recommend it to anyone. Look, it's moving. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's moving. It's alive. 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 Was it the Horror Channel last week had a, a Universal Monsters weekend, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Universal Monsters movie marathon. It was like, what's the weekend? It was just, uh, the Sunday. Okay. So. Um, All the classics. Yeah, kind Some of. Some of the classics. Some of the classics. <laughs> uh, yes, right, the, 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 uh, it was Dracula going into Frankenstein, that went into The Mummy, went into The Wolfman, and then finished with Creature from the Back of the Room. Nice. Which are sort of the quintessential five Universal mm, yeah. Monsters. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dracula was great as usual. I didn't. It's been a while since I've seen it, so mm. you don't realise how many sort of jumps there are and how much you expect the audience to fill in the blanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blanks. Frankenstein's still as heartbreaking as it Ever always was. was. Yeah, um, yeah. The Mummy's just fan. Look, still looks fantastic. Was cut off. Yeah. Yeah, it's fa- absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Anime. Oh. What I love about those movies, they're still the quintessential sort of. Well, there's still the like, the Dracula is the quintessential Dracula. Yeah. You know, it's still looked upon as that's Dracula. Yeah. And people try to tweak it over the years. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 that's Dracula. Well, the thing is, it's, it's what's odd right, is you look at Bela Lugosi in that role, and he's he's a chunky fifty-something-year-old guy, mm. and he's not a good-looking chap. And now they try to make Dracula you know, some suave, sophisticated. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. I am Dracula. Come to Dracula. And he's just like, there's a really sort of cheesy Hungarian accent. Yeah, yeah. And all the creatures of the night, what music they make, and all this kind of stuff. And you go, oh, 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 oh. And you just go along with it. It's just fun. I'm not a massive fan of the Wolfman. Uh, no. Which is odd, because werewolf films are my favourite sort of horror movies. That's my favourite genre. Werewolf okay. films are absolutely something I will gravitate toward at any mm. moment. Um Mainly because from American Wolf in London, which I still think is the I would say that's singular the, greatest yeah. horror movie ever made. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. As werewolf movies as a genre goes, I'm not a big fan. I'm a massive fan. I, I, I just like the idea that there's a hidden monster in everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. T- it takes something to set that free, and then that takes over. Yeah. Or hell breaks loose. I, I like that idea. Okay. Um, and then there's a creature from the Black Lagoon, which is you know a slightly soft, pervy film. A lot of women swimming around and a reptile man trying to. <laughs> underneath to his lair like oh I know oh, hey. <laughs> we've all been there yeah, well, yes, we've, we've all had our reptile moment but it's was it nice to see those after all these years uh, revisit them well, no, I've seen them recently I, I just tend to avoid watching The Creature from the Black Lagoon because I'm not hmm. I know it sounds like heresy today but I'm not a massive fan of it I just it's enjoyable I, but it's not it's not uh, yeah I mean I want to see that, I want to see that uh, Guillermo del Toro sort of remake yeah um What's it called? Um, Shape of Water. Shape of Water, yes. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that yet, and I really want to see that. Um, 
because it looks like he's just done the Del Toro thing to it and made it all kinds of awesome. Yeah. So that would be interesting to see. That'd be a good topic for a future Guillermo yeah. Del Toro. If you're looking for the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer, look no further than Engineer Records, sponsors of Mass Movement Presents. Talking of man beasts, the Batman. Man beast, the Batman. Oh, it's, it's not really a man beast, but you know, you just put the <laughs> man together and that's all well. Well, yeah, in um, Batman world, I mean, uh, Robert Pattinson has been cast. Yeah. And it's caused a bit of a... Hullabaloo. Yeah, hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. Split everybody, isn't it? Yeah. Everybody still sees him as sort of Edward, the sparkly yeah. vampire, and he's moved on that from that a long time ago. Well, the thing is, I think he makes the big blockbusters, or made the big blockbusters, yeah. so he can learn his craft working on yeah. indie films and become a much better actor. And he's hmm. a brooding 30-something bloke yeah. who does darkness very well. So, hello, Bruce Wayne. Hello, Batman. Totally, you know, it's, yeah. That's everything you need in, in your Batman. And you appear for a much wider audience because it's our pats. Yeah. But Siobhan pointed out something really funny to me. He said, you've got to watch some of his interviews to go read some of his interviews. Okay. And I said, right. Because he's completely mental. He's it's, just he's mad. He... He's absolutely insane. Because <laughs> he does the, you know, I'm bored in an interview sort of thing. Okay, yeah. And he just makes up stories as he goes along. <laughs> and there's apparently one where he told some interviewer that um, his first experience of death was when he was taken to the circus. And the clowns came out of their little cars, they exploded, <laughs> and these all these clowns in this car died. And he pretended to be all heartbroken and walked out to the interview just so he could get out of it. He told this massive whopper. Seriously? Yeah. And he also told a story that like, he was filming somewhere like Paris mm. and he was really bored. He had a stalker. So he invited this stalker in and then he took her on a date, and took her out to dinner. Yeah. And started moaning about his life and he bored her so much that she never came to see him again. <laughs> she never stalked me. He's absolutely mental. So I think That's he's going to be a great fit for Batman because he's yeah. you know, bordering on lunacy anyway. So he's going to do Bruce Wayne's Bruce Wayne's and um, Batman's sort of borderline personality. Personality crisis. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have no problem with our part being Batman. I think no, I'm, be I'm behind it. Yeah. I'm behind it. And the rest of the cast is shaping up pretty well because it's Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. As um, Jim Gordon. Yeah, that's that's going to be superb. That's yeah, a, that's a hell of a good choice. Um, I'm not sure who's playing Alfred, but it's going to be somebody. So is, it, is this a, are they carrying on or is this like another is this a reboot? Are they where, where is this thing? The, Do we know the rumours are it's either Hush or it's Long Halloween. Okay. Story. Right. So okay. I want it to be Long Halloween. If they yeah. make Long Halloween, that's going to be I shall hire out the cinema for myself. <laughs> All my clothes are coming off and I shall sit down with friends. Hello. <laughs> you should just do that anyway. Three, well, I, uh, not again. Enough. I can't do that again. You know, the, those those restraining orders are really tough to shake. <laughs> you get to certain age, you can get away with that, see? Well, yeah, I'm oh, not that, bless you. Yeah, yeah, I'm not that ancient yet. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not wandering around in my slippers going, hey, you kid. Well, I, well, you are. Ah, you kid. I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not denying I'm getting there, but I'm not quite there yet. So these same people who are, who are saying our part is no good as Batman, these are the same people who are saying no. Disney should leave Star Wars alone. Oh yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> As I like to call them, the collective now from knobs. People are just so short-sighted sometimes, aren't they? Because I guess because something becomes so important to them, yeah. some franchise or story or character becomes so important, that it becomes they become obsessed with it. And they can't see beyond the sort of narrow boundaries they've set for set themselves. And yeah, yeah. It's tragic. You sometimes you have to look beyond. I mean, yeah, I think we've all, we've all been guilty of it. 
to a certain extent. I mean, like, I will, I didn't want to play D&D version 3 or 3.5 for ages because I couldn't see beyond version 2. I thought version 2 would knack it. Okay. Be 2 would knack it. I am a first edition guy and that's it. Yeah. So second edition, nope. Nope. No, nope. Three. Nope. 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 3.5. No, 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 no. Fourth edition, I was all right with, surprisingly. And then... We've got, got a load of stuff by us, Devin Games, as it was, so to get into the game. Um, again, uh, the new edition and fifth edition looks like a lot of fun. Fifth edition is really mm. fast and it's really fluid and it, it works really well. But I can see where that comes from because you don't want anybody to sort of mess with your characters. They're wrong. Yeah, you yeah. have to move beyond that and evolve beyond that. But you, something becomes so precious to you that you become locked into it and you can't move yeah. beyond your vision of it. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of scary, kind of. I get that. No, I do get that, but you've got to. I mean, I'd rather see more Batman than Nazi Batman, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I'd rather see more Star Wars Star than Wars. Nazi Star Wars. Exactly, yeah, yeah, So yeah. You, if, if you're getting given this, accept the gift, say, thank you, sir, may I have another and just move yeah, on. Yeah. And that's, you know. It's like when Heath Ledger was cast. Right. There was a bit of a uproar about that. Yeah. Because, you know, he was a bit... Well, Heath Ledger was cast. I just went, thank Christ, I haven't cast Jack Nicholson again. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Jack's version joke, do you? I think it's a, <laughs> to it's a joke. <laughs> Absolutely abominable. Can't stand. I think it. it went for the wrong crowd. I think the whole movie went for the wrong crowd. Yeah. I think we were expecting the dark sort of Batman that we always wanted to see, but right. what we got was the worst comic version, the worst version of the comics we'd ever seen. I have, didn't really have a problem with Michael Keaton's Batman. No, I like Michael Keaton's Batman. I have a problem, a massive problem with the joke. I have a problem with the way they portray the villains hmm. in those films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what lets them down for me. Yeah, yeah. Starting I agree. with Jack Nicholson's Joker, which is just <laughs> absolutely abominable. <laughs> just, no, just. It's like, have you read the comics, Jack? No, but I've seen the 60s series. I know what Caesar Romero did, so I'm going to do that too. But I don't have a cool mustache like Caesar did. Ah! <laughs> I did like the um, the scene, the transition scene, where you know he's, he's shown him coming out of surgery. Yeah. And he goes, I suppose, so maniacal for a second there. Right. That showed so much promise, that, that bit. And I thought, oh, what if I remember seeing that, thinking, oh, Christ, I think he's turning now. It's, this is going to... Yeah. But didn't quite get there. No. It? Yeah, it was a bit too sort of... One and that's, I think, as a whole, sometimes that's a problem with Tim Burton films, because you, they're either fantastic... Yeah. Or they don't, they quite, don't quite get there. They don't quite cross that hmm. sort of... That's that's that, that, yeah, that yeah. sort of mile on the bridge, they don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of sit down. So well, we've come so far. We're not going any further. Yeah, mm, yeah. Don't do. And that it never does do. Yeah, I agree. It's the reason I don't like Edward Scissorhands. I can't stand that film. Really? Can't stand it. Absolutely no. Just uh, and it's got Vincent Price in it, so it should be Vincent Price's last performance. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so it should be like this is a landmark film. I can't watch it. <laughs> not at all. But I love Beetlejuice. Right? Just, I love. His version of Charlie and Chocolate Factory. John Michael Keaton is an actor. Um, see, he's hit and miss. Okay. Did you watch um, Birdman? That was no, a... I've not seen it. That was very much a hit. Yeah. Oh yeah. But again, then again, he was fantastic as Vulture. Yes, he was. Yeah. 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 He was absolutely brilliant. Damn, as Eugene on, yeah. James. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's hit and miss, but you know when he hits well, he hits well. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. I guess it's just give him the right script and let him go. But yeah, so our pass is Batman. He's getting a thumbs up from me. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yep, I'll back Hi, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast. Good idea, that.
I heartily endorse this podcast. I don't know, Batman. Jeff Lemire's had a swing at it. Okay. With... In the Black Hammer universe with Skulldigger and Skeleton Boy. No, I've never come across these. I, I'm, right, so I've, delved, it, I've delved into the Black Hammer universe. Well, this is uh, this is a brand new um, limited series. So okay. Like a four or five issue series. Yeah, maybe yeah. Maybe six issues. And issue one's just come out. It's the Black Hammer universe's version of Batman, as told by nice. Jeff Lemire. And it is dark. It is brutal. It is vicious. It doesn't pull any punches. And in like 25 pages, he just goes, ta-da! That's how you do it. And he does it really well. And that final panel, that final bit of dialogue, just makes you go, ooh! Okay. This is going to be better than I thought it was. Is there a backstory to these guys? This is, it tells a backstory. It sort of opens up with... It's sort of a bit of an intro. It's sort of Skeleton Boy's backstory. Okay. And his introduction to Skulldigger. Um, And there's bits and pieces of Skulldigger's story you don't actually see very much. I imagine that'll be told over issues two and three. Okay. But you know the story that where the story's going to go, how dark it's going to get, just from that last page and that last. Part. Really. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's just it's one of those the Maya tricks that you just go. <laughs> you thought we were going this way, but really we're going this way. <laughs> I um, love the Maya's writing. And he's just he just knocked out of the park. Yeah. He really has. Yeah. I have um, to check that. It's I mean he's got his own universe and world to play in. Mm. And he's not put a foot wrong in it yet. There's not one thing that I've read that he's made a part of this world that I haven't liked. Yeah, yeah. Or I thought, well, that's the weak link in the chain. It's good, but it's not great. Yeah. Everything has been at a consistent standard. I can imagine he's sat there thinking, well, I've got this idea. He's got thousands of ideas. And he's put them on the side. And that one's not going to work. Scribbling. This yeah. one's not going to work. But this one might. And it really works. And it helps that he pulls out and works with some of the greatest artists mm. there are and they, oh, it just looks superb it's yeah I can't recommend it enough I'm surprised he hasn't been, had the um, the option for a, a movie or a TV series I mean you know what the I Black Hammer I, universe is so so ripe for it yeah, yeah. I bet you he has yeah yeah and what I'd be waiting for if I was Jeff mm. Lamai, if I was him is I would do what I would ima- I imagine Jared Way's done wait for the ka-ching moment Okay. When they come up with the right amount of ka-ching, you go, yeah. okay. When you've got the right writers and the right amount of ka-ching and the right vision for it, that's when you go, okay. Because there's so much material there already. Yeah. It's um, it's such a vast universe already. I mean, well, there's, you know, there's so many, uh, there's unlimited series you can spin off from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, with Jerry, why didn't the Umbrella Academy become a series until it did? Yeah. Because he, he waited for the right moment and the right team to come along and the, the pitch was right. And it worked. Absolutely, it worked. It's like um, so Richard K. Morgan, the guy who wrote, has written my favorite science fiction trilogy ever, which okay. is the uh, Takeshi Kovacs trilogy. Right, yeah, yeah. So Alter Carbon was optioned pretty much as soon as the book came out. It became sort of sleeper bestseller. Okay. The story goes that one day, Joel Silver phoned Richard K. Morgan because he wanted to buy the rights to Alter Carbon. Right. So he phones him and he goes, "It's Joel Silver," and Richard K. Morgan goes, "Yeah, hands up." <laughs> Not happening. It's not happening. No, no, it really is Joe. It really is Joel Silver. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes, no, it really is. I want to give you X amount for the film rights to Alter Carbon. Yeah. And he gave him, accordingly, like a six, seven figure sum, Damn. which meant that Rich K. Morgan that could then become a full time writer, and not worry about writing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's got the money to live on. Yeah. Um, and the film rights were gone for seven years. Deal expires. It goes to Netflix. They make the series of Walter Carbon. Okay. The of it is you can cast a different leading man. All the... So it was Joel Kinnaman for the first series. And now it's 
Anthony Mackie, the Falcon, Falcon yeah. for the set. I'm, I am praying, I am absolutely praying that they make Broken Ages, which is the best book of the trilogy. The okay. Middle, the middle act is for, oh my God. So good. And Anthony Mackie's a great actor anyway, so if they do that, it's just going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you, if any of you decide you're going to bother me that day, you, you, I will visit hell and damnation upon you. You'll just be. <laughs> so Skull Dude and Skeleton Boy out on Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Check that uh, out. Because it's part of the, the Black Hammer universe is all Dark Horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely superb. Let's have another track and then we'll talk about the Circle Jerk, shall we? Yep, indeed. All right, cool. Okay, so this is Red Death with Face the Pain taken from the Sickness Divine out now on Century Media Records. Yeah. One more track. Here we go.
Okay, so the circle jerks yeah. have uh, returned, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you've um, you've interviewed him before, haven't you? Yeah, I've interviewed Keith Morris a couple Keith of times. Morris, yeah. Um, and he always swore that he would never play with those guys ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess. Money never, talks. I guess never play with those guys ever again. Yeah. Goes out the window when you get enough zeros on the end of a check. Yeah, I would have um, thought so. You get the toll with. Uh... I mean, it's deserved, and they've been doing it long enough. Yeah. Uh, happy retirements and all the rest of it, and you know, it's just. Doesn't sit well with you. No, because I know they hate each other. So you know yeah. it's a, a proper cash in. Yeah, because I know they actively dislike each other. Unless they come up and say we've sat down, we've sorted out our problems, mm. and we've you know we've hashed all this over. We've but they've not done that. They've just said they're reuniting. There's been no talk of, you know, we sat down, we talked about this, and we took yeah. time out of our schedules and worked out what it was about each other. Irritate, irritated us. Yeah. We've sort of made made our peace and, you know... Do you think it's this, they've taken a thing about from the Misfits? Do you think they've taken, like... You know, the Misfits uh, reformed recently, and they found all the shows, and... Yeah. I think they were quite blatant on the Misfits about, oh, yeah, we're going to do Madison Square Garden, we're going to... Yeah, it's for the money. Yeah. It's quite sort of, yeah, we're, we're going to... Yeah, a I, massive payday. Yeah. Um, I can respect that when you come up and say it. I can respect that. See, I, I always get the impression the Misfits didn't really hate each other. They just didn't want... They didn't want... Jerry didn't want Glenn to be the Misfits and Glenn didn't want Jerry to be the Misfits. Okay. That's more... So it's just egos. Yeah. egos. Absolutely. Um, and... Have we seen the last of the original Misfits? Not at all. I think no. be, I think there's going to be a new Misfits album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really I honestly that. think yeah. there's going to be a new Misfits album. And all these shows were like a precursor and sort of how well can we do? How much can we make? We can live yeah. a rock star dream. Yeah. Let's drop a new album, have it sell a boatload of records, do a tour, retire. Yeah. And then come back and do occasional one-offs. So do you think Circle Jobs have looked at that and gone, oh, well, we can do that? On a smaller scale, obviously. Um... I think this is a pension fund. <coughs> yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Can't blame them. <laughs> because punk rock's a dodgy business. And yeah. You don't make money. Nobody makes money out of punk rock. No. And if you have a chance to make it, take it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Pay yeah. the guys. Pay them. Pay them well. Just be honest. Just say we've come back. And that's why we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. And they, to be fair to them, they've not said we've repaired our bridges. You know, they've left everything to make their own minds up. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sit well with me just because I've been with Keith and he said that before. And it's like... Okay. I know you guys really don't like each other. Yeah. And doing this kind of makes me think. Uh, so does that you've seen them? If they if they came to town, for instance. Oh God no. <laughs> <laughs> I go see my happy. See before I go see again. In a yeah, happy, yeah. no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I would go and see the circle jerks. Say, oh yeah. Would they put me off seeing them? No. It's not like Black Flag where it's grudging hired guns. It's you know. Yeah. Keith Morris, Greg Hudson, and Sloss, they were part they're part of Circle Jerks history. history I don't yeah, think it yeah. doesn't matter which drummer they have. I mean, if they got lucky Lara back in the band and they got lucky to do it with him, it would be even better, but that's not going to happen. Who have they got, do you know? I don't know. Dave Lombardo, I bet. Hopefully. Imagine that. Dave Lombardo. Stick, stick, stick it in the double kick. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> That'll be awesome. That'll Come be. on, Keith, going to make you dance with yeah, your yeah. boy. <laughs> I don't care if you're 63 years yeah. old. Come on. Chop, 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 chop. You want his pension for you? <laughs> <laughs> Keith Morris hyperventilating. That'd be kind of funny. Watch his little dreads bounce about. His... <laughs> yeah. No, I, you know, musically, Keith Morris hasn't put a foot wrong apart from Bugland for me. 
Okay. But bug out, but just shit. Shite. Just, just shite. Just shite. <laughs> just a waste of time. Bored yeah. the piss out of me. Um, okay. Oddities and Abnormalities is not a great record. Okay. Um, but apart from that, I've loved everything Seven Jacks have done. So when they put me off, I said, God, no, I've got to my heartbeat. Okay. You know, I would literally, oh, yeah, Seven Jacks can tell you, right ho. <laughs> but that's so because. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to seeing like Greg Hudson play with Bad Religion. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last couple of times I've seen Bad Religion, you sort of miss him at first. Okay. Because he was always such a presence on stage. Yeah. He's bouncing off from one corner to the next, like a little like leapfrog. Going, yeah. Duh, 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 duh. And I tend to miss that. And I know what he's like, so you know you're going to get a great show. And you, you've seen Keith, Mo- like, did you see Keith Morris when he played with off? No, I didn't, no, no, no. Watching Keith play with the circle jacks and then watching Keith play it off, you get the same thing. You get like this live wire of energy, and he's only yeah. a tiny little man. Okay. He bounces about like a little Zeb, just like Greg Hudson. He's a yeah, yeah. tiny little man. They bounce all over the place. And Xander Schloss is just like quite a big chap. He's like, oh, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so it's going to be a fun show, and it's going to be great. It's just, I'm. I just wish to say, you know what, fucking pay us. And I'd be like, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No problem with that. You know, absolutely, I will happily pay you. I'll happily pay you double for all the joy you've given me in my life. Just, no problem. Just being interested just, to know what, what was the... Yeah, who reached out to who, what yeah, the, the story was. Yeah, what well, the story is behind yeah, yeah. it. I would really like to know. Is it punk rock bowling said, look, we'll pay you X amount. And they go, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, because yeah. we'd all do it, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, if we offered, say, let's say uh, they offered a uh, half a million quid for ATOT to, <laughs> to, to, to return. I was going to say, if they offered a ten on a bag of chips, yeah, I'd do it, that's fine. <laughs> That's more than enough, like half a million quid. Yeah, what yeah. what cook land are you living in? <laughs> oh, right, I don't know. You know what I mean? You would just be. Sorry, Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ten quid and a bag of chips. Oh, that's more than we ever made, Chief. I'm there, like. Yeah. You offer that? Is that what you're offering? <laughs> if somebody offers that, we'll do it. You have to double it for Gav, it'll have to be two bags of chips and ten yeah, quid yeah. for Gav, you know? And possibly a vegan something or other for him. I think it goes the chips. The chips will sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chips will definitely yeah. sweat. Yeah. And if you offer, if you offer Daryl an old copy of Razzle and, <laughs> and a broken dildo, he'd be there in a heartbeat. Razzle reader's wife special. <laughs> Shush, I'm reading. It's Daryl's time. Because <laughs> he just goes straight forward, like yeah. If you're looking for the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer, look no further than Engineer Records sponsors. Of Mass Movement Presents. Okay, so yeah, we got to speak to Agnostic uh, Front last week and we both sort of realised how much they mean to us. Yeah, it's like the fifth time I've interviewed Miray. Yeah, I, okay. I never get bored of it. Never. Uh, first time I've I met him, met him before, first time yeah. we interviewed him. But we both got like a, a deep sort of uh, personal history with these yes. guys, wasn't he? Yeah. So what's your. 1986. Okay, goes for Right, so my mate Mark Williams, Warmer, mm-hmm. he bought this record called um, Course for Land. He told me about it. <clears throat> We're walking over to school and he says, uh, Oh, I got this record, it's, it's incredible. Why did you buy it? He said, Well, the cover just looks awesome. A lot of bang for the agnostic front. So we get to his house and he breaks it up because we've been listening like just, just like a steady, like a thrash and sort of mm. just dipping our toes in the punk rock at this time yeah and he pulls out this record and he turns it over and there's this picture of three skinheads and this longer guy in boots yeah leaning against the wall i'm thinking they don't look like they're going to be thrashing they look more like one of these terrible skinhead bands <laughs> and they are skinhead bands but he put that record on when that riff for the eliminator kicked in yeah that was all she wrote <laughs> i was done it was just 
then and that record is still incredible. I know the lyrics of public assistance are dodgy as hell. Yeah. And they are sort of They have as well. Really uncomfortable. I just sort of make you oh, oh that's a bit strange. What? Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. You're better than that. But they didn't write them. Yeah, so I know I used that as an excuse, but you know, because Pete Steele wrote them. Yeah. But that's the only bit about that record that isn't to me isn't perfect. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. an absolutely perfect snapshot of hardcore or crossover mm. on the point. So my my um introduction to the Gnostic Front came well, set it off from Mabel came out in ninety two and you hear about Mabel and you hear of Freddie Mabel, he's the, the the younger brother of this legendary hardcore singer. Roger Miro. Yeah. So immediately I wanna know more. Mm. This by this time I think Roger's in jail or he's broke his back. Gnostic Front are no 92, more. Yeah, 92, he's, he's yeah, they've done their back. last show. He's broken um, his back, so they're doing the benefit shows. Yeah. For him. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the only the... thing you would find was this live, this last warning DVD, CD, sorry. Right. It's the only thing I could find. Uh, and that became like the album, it was like the Bible to us. I brought me and a few friends passing around. Have you got my last warning? Like, yeah, because yeah. that's the only recordings we could find at the time. We were asking record shops and moving on three years, 95, and he starts sort of rumblings of them. Re- Reunited. Uh, 96 then, he played UK for the first time in God knows how long. Uh, went to see him, met Roger, blew my mind. So that's my history with him. Um, just, I look at Last Warning, that that, last, that live album, with a lot of uh, affection. Because it was sort of... That's your moment in time, that's your... Yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. Like the first thing I was struck about Miro when I first met him was how tiny he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought he was going to be like some talent... Like, me and Henry Rollins the first time, they're tiny. Yeah, really yeah. small people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, cause I always imagine Roger Mir as being some towering powerhouse. I mean, I still, mm. I, was, I was not in a million years where I ever fucking matched that guy. No, no, no. Because he would cut your face off and wear it as his job. The, the eyes tell a tale, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, you look you know, at him, the eyes tell a tale. That, that, you just, you just know. Yeah. Right? It's like with any stigma. He's a confidence of hard goal, but you know if you stepped over that line, you, mm-hmm. you would be bad and you would be For dead. For sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but those guys just, I guess they just, because they just, there's no bullshit in them. There's no hmm. dishonesty. Everything they do is just directly from the heart. And it's, has it got them in trouble before? Yeah, it's got them in trouble because they just speak their mind. Yeah, they, yeah, sure. Just blokes from the average working class blokes in the street who just go, yeah, let's do this. I mean, their, is yeah. their heart in the right place? Absolutely, their hearts are in the right place. Yeah. They always have been. Yeah. So they are good guys playing great music. They found something they're good at and they just sort of rolled with it and. Yeah, and ran I mean, as far as it as, and they're still running with it. I mean, the new yeah. album is it's, we we said on the last episode how, how really good it's the new album is. Standing return format is just it's been, if if you can crank that out at this stage of your career. Yeah, thirty five years into your career, right? that's crazy. You're in the same sort of league as Bad Religion. You keep following their staple formula. I know people say they follow staple formula. Yeah. But they do it really well and they don't deviate from that because they know what they can do. Yeah. yeah. We know what we do. This is what we do. This is what we do well. And they just keep doing that. And there's never been a moment when I've heard an agnostic front record I've gone, this is not for me. Ever. When the, when they came back in, what was it, 96, 97, where it was, what did you think of the return album? Something, something's got to give? Yeah, I think it is something's got to give. Yeah, something's got to give, yes. Yeah. Dead Yuppies was one after that. Yeah, Dead Yuppies was after, yeah, something's got to give. Because I was like, I don't, I'd heard the, the more metallic hardcore mm. side of them. Right. And then they came back with this, and it was a bit more oeish and a bit more, it was a bit more both. Yeah. But it was such a good album. So so when that from the east goes to the west yeah, goes, yeah, go kicks on. in, right? Yeah, yeah. Sold. Oh, for just sure. Sold straight away. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. That is just, oh, you can feel the sort of intent 
energy and passion behind that song. Yeah, when yeah. When it kicks in, they, you know, they're not. We're not doing this to bullshit around. We're just doing this because this is what we do. Mm. You know, we've tried to not be agnostic front. Yeah. That didn't work out very well for us. So we've got to be what we've got. To, you know, there's a saying that you've got to be what you are in this world. Yeah. And that is, they just, it's just them being what they are, being yeah. who they are. Remember, the like, first time I interviewed Mire was for Dead Yuppies. Okay, right. Uh, which is just after that. Just talking about that record hmm. at the time, because it was all about Rudy Giuliani. And he, yeah, yeah, yeah. they sort of got the measure of Rudy Giuliani a lot earlier than anybody else. Yeah. Like, this is what this guy's really like. Because they've seen it firsthand, weren't they? Yeah, they, so you know, he's painting this image for the world, but this yeah. is what this dude is really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, they were right. Yeah. They were absolutely right. They totally were, yeah. Um, they met a couple of times after that, and, you know, we talked about him doing... Because he talked about the, when he was inside, right? And, you know, when he um, was talking about it, he was just... Well, that's a, that's, that's a frankness I didn't expect. Hmm. Because he, uh, I think he, he says in the lines, if I can do all the time in the world, just stand on my head, because it, up here I'm free, and the rest of me is just in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as long as I've got something to remember or something to think about, hmm. you can do what the hell you like to me the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, was he sorry he did what he did? Yeah, because you know, but I understand why he did what he did. Because I yeah. mean, if I was in the same situation, I would do exactly the same. Of course, yeah. I would yeah. have no hesitation mm. about doing that whatsoever well the thing with the agnostic front is that, that there's a this uh thing that's well, it's a misconception as we as we kind of found out yeah. that stigma is the happy face of the band and uh roger is the uh, the, the yin to his yang if you like yeah but roger was quite he was, re- he was really i think he's got a new nice on life. yeah but he's always wonderful to talk to yeah because he's always brutally honest he's also always brutally yeah, yeah and yeah. you one question You'll start asking one question, it will lead you somewhere completely different. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because that's just the nature of the man. Because, you know, his philosophical outlook on things is so different, I guess, to yeah, the way yeah. we are. Because you you raised in a completely different environment. And is stigma like the clown prince of hardcore? Yes, he is. But there's also a serious side to him. You know, yeah. Because yeah. he isn't where he is by being an idiot. No. You know? That's right. Yeah, that's he's... a bright guy. Yeah, obviously. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bright switched on blog. That's yeah. what stigma is. Yeah. Um, Roger's a very serious earnest guy because he's had to be because mm. he had to look after his family because the situation yeah, yeah. they were in yeah. that's just who he is you know but at the same time there's, an, there's a raw intelligence there that isn't it might not manifest itself as, as the dudes who find a cure to cancer or the, some physicist who's going to discover how you can trap a wormhole and travel from one end of the universe to the next but that intelligence manifests itself in a different way. He's lived, uh, he's been brought up in the school of life, hasn't yeah. he? You know, um, nobody that can is, tell him. Well, it's like when people say, like, when you read their Facebook posts, it's like, well, University of Hard Knocks, you've been the University of Hard Knocks. No. These dudes have been there. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've seen this, they've seen shit you would never even dream yeah, of seeing yeah. up at University of Hard Knocks because yeah. it just makes me want to run you over in my little car. All you got to do is read the first two, three chapters of his book to realise where he came from. Yeah. Absolutely uh, insane upbringing. way to live. Yeah. yeah. And could I live that way? If you're forced to, I guess anybody's got to live that way. But you know, yeah, could yeah. I imagine myself in that way? No. Yeah. I'm hoping how. But they, like, made, they made into a community though, into like a. Yeah. And that's what I always found. You know, I I I, I swear, if I was homeless, yeah, I'd be a bum. I'd be dead within three weeks probably. <laughs> you know, 
But um, these guys, they made a community out of it. They fought, they struggled together. It was a community, you know? But I guess, I guess it's definitely, as well, if we or you were homeless, we'd probably end up doing the punk squatting thing because we have enough experience in this. Yeah, yeah. To know yeah, how yeah. to do these things. You yeah. Know, we have no practical experience in it, but we know the theory behind the it. Theory, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's different, I guess, but, you know. But it was Roger, um, it was lovely to speak to uh, to Roger. Because he's a dude's awesome. The new yeah. album's awesome. Just the show itself was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Just gotta um, catch him while you can, like. Yeah. And just see him when you can. A few sound issues aside, like at the beginning. Yeah, but you know, um, there are always problems, but we overcome them. We should be. Yeah. We overcome and we adapt. We shall overcome. So yeah, check out this is our interview with uh, Roger Mire from Agnostic Front. So, get loud, new, new record. It's almost like a, a massive return to your roots back to uh, the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And is that a conscious decision on your part? No, no, this just, um, it's just, nothing's ever done consciously. The only thing I was doing consciously was asleep, right. only because we felt exactly what you felt. We felt like it was kind of. There was some, some song that it felt kind of cross for alarm, I should like early between victim pain cross for alarm, we felt like that element, so we were like, oh, let's throw back that record sleeve, that record cover style, but the songs were just, we recycle ourselves, we've always been like pioneers and not followers, so we kind of recycle everything we've always done, we revisit our, yeah. our, our, our entire catalog, but we don't do it physically, I think it's just in our heads. I think Spray Painted Walls was one of the tracks that stood out for me, that kind of, uh, it's got every sort of element of agnostic front into one track. I, I agree with you because it's got the thrashy stuff. And yeah. Then it's got the really nice, you know, later stuff like one voice type of stuff. You know, it yeah. starts just like one voice. Yeah. Not the song one voice, like New Jack in one voice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's got a little bit of everything, and it gets really fast. And you know, yeah, you're right about that. So we were feeling that as we were writing. That's why Sean Tiger came in the picture. Okay, so you 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 asked Sean, or did you you, you obviously kept in touch with Sean over? Been in touch with him, of course. You know, he's been our friend for years. But I've been, I've been watching his work prior to even doing anything. I need mean, prior to recording a single song. I saw him do a real beautiful piece, and it was like it had all the characters of course of course from Arm. It was like the world's end. I was like, wow, that's really cool. That'd be a great cover for something someday, but we had nothing. Yeah. We didn't have a record. But like, oh wow, fuck, that's really nice. So then when I, as we're writing, I'm saying, you know, I remember that thing I saw with Sean, it'd probably be really cool. I'll go, I'll ask him. I hit him up, I say, hey, Sean, would you like to do it right away? He's like, I would love to. And that's how it became. Since awesome. so the last time we spoke were for Mercury Die, like, there's a lot been happening in your life personally and with the band. Right. Uh, so I wanted to ask you about your book, When Back in On My Riot. Um, were you surprised by the reaction to it? Were people surprised by how honest you'd actually been in it? Well, I, I, don't, I wasn't surprised by the honesty because I, that's, how, that's who I am, that's how I carry myself. I'm pretty modest, I like being honest. And I'm, very, I'm a very modest person. I'm, I've always been more reserved. That's who I am. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not out there like, you know, look at me, look what I've done. I'm not, I don't care what that's not just never been to me. Um, so I wasn't surprised with that at all and I, I didn't do it for I didn't write the book for it was really weird I didn't write it just to, 
put a book out there so everybody could like me or anything like that. I wrote it for my family. It feels I more like you did some yeah. exercise and demons and just. Well, kind of. Yeah. At first, it was just because I wanted to. I wanted to read something for my for my family, my kids. They yeah. don't understand my struggle. They don't understand my life. Yeah. They live a good life. Yeah. We're in Arizona. We have a nice suburban home, and they're comfortable and and they don't know any of the fears I had to go through life from going from one country to another country and I don't have to speak a word of English. They have none of those ideas of what how my life was. Yeah. I wanted to leave something for them that was written for them for their for for my legacy for my family you know what i mean that's that was the main purpose of this and at the same time as i was going through it it was it was so um therapeutic yeah because i didn't know like it was funny i would think about something all of a sudden it would open up doors like all oh, this, 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 this stuff that must have been keeping inside and all yeah. of a sudden it was pouring out and it was really good for myself you know to, to, to just put things out there for myself yeah i was a little Weird to after when it was all said and done, like shit. I really put myself up, and that's not me. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. who I am. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I've always been more reserved. I'm, I'm over here. I'm over there. I, I watch from the outside. I'm always, you know. And here I am. I spilled a lot of things up. But you know, it was it was very therapeutic for me. I it felt good afterwards. I felt relieved. I talked about stuff that I must have been keeping inside for a long time. And and my family when they read it, yeah. they were like, whoa, you know, this yeah. it's great, but. You know, this is pretty intense. So, did you have reservations about releasing it then? When no, no, I, I knew I was gonna release it. Yeah. I knew, I, I knew at that point I was so like it was so felt so good to me. I felt yeah. So like, I was. I'm glad it's out. Like, I'm not gonna put it back in. Yeah. This is gonna stay was out. Genie, was the genies on the ball? Yeah. yeah. And I wanted it to be out, and all my nephews and nephews, they had no idea. You know, I just needed it to be out. This is it. Yeah. You know, you guys take it as it is. Everybody's changed. Yeah. Hey, I'm a change man too, from the from the start to the end of that book. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Well, so. everybody does mean you're not the same man at 40 as you were at 20. No, you're the same no, man no. at 30 as you are at 50. You know, it's because life's a continuum. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So with the Godfathers of Hardcore as well, um, how did that whole thing come about? That was, you know, the Godfather's Hardcore, it's, it's, it's interesting because we were approached to do this with, it was never called the Godfather's Hardcore, it was yeah. just a documentary, with Ian McFarlane back like in 2006, something like that, and we started it, and then we did like a, we did, we did one recording at CBGB's, and it came out so good that it ended up being a release in itself, with yeah. Nuclear Blast, remember that live at CBGB's, that yeah, yeah, one? Yeah. and there's a little 20 minute clip of interviewing us, yeah. that was actually the real initial start of this whole damn film, Wow. Okay. and then Five that came up. out, and then everybody got busy, yeah. and the records, two more records came out after that, you know, and yeah. then, then we're like, okay, you know, maybe we should, we, let's revisit this again, you know, <laughs> Okay. and he was ready, uh, he seemed to be have done a lot of growing himself. We have done a lot more touring and more albums and stuff. And then it's really all his creation. We all he all Ian McFarlane asked us to do is be ourselves, be genuine, be ourselves. And he was gonna do a film about us. And he just said, you know, you gotta give me full creativity and let me roll with it. And we did. Yeah. We did. We did. We we didn't, none of us saw any of this till it was finally done. Okay. None of us corrected anything. We let we loved it so much. We saw it like this is incredible. Even though I don't know if he would have done any corrections because that was the agreement. Yeah. But it, but he nailed it. It's so good. I mean, it shows so many different sides to yeah, to he, you he and and the rest of the band. And what's really cool about it is that at the same time, my book had just come out, and it kind of goes kind of hand in hand with my book it's really weird yeah Every my book is, it enhances more of stuff from the film in my book yeah and but it has different endings of course so, you know those i could have talked about my health situation in my book but i left it out for ian you know yeah for his purpose you know but either way 
they go hand in hand. It was like when I saw the movie, and I, and, I, and then my book had just come out. Wow, this is awesome. We could like we could like do things together, like yeah, book and film thing, because it goes hand in hand. So it was like a package into my, too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's into my life, not into Venice. It's a book's about my life. Yeah, of course. So yeah. did your uh, heart attack make you re- reevaluate your, your life and, and the band and everything else, or did it um, give you some other sort of perspective on? It just gave me a perspective on, on my own life more than anything. I mean, the band is my life. Yeah. So I, 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 it shook me a little bit more, more and more internally, family side, because you know I'm, I'm, I have little kids and my children, and I, I just like, okay, so and it wasn't anything I could, I, I did any, it wasn't anything I'd done that made me have that. It was just, it's just life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I wasn't doing anything wrong till it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that. You know, things that was picked up right there and there, because I had another episode since the film, and the same exact conditions driving, so it's kind of really hard. I'm yeah. A little nervous about driving. My wife comes with me a lot, so it's it's uh, it was good to know that I, I'm aware of it. I mean, I'm being monitored, and if something ever happens, I have to go to the hospital where I get morphine, get the coffee, yeah. all kinds of shit. But it, it's good that it, that it happened then, because I'm I'm aware of it. You know. This is almost like life throwing you a line saying, this is what's happening, yeah. this is the direction yeah. maybe, you know, to push you from there. At the same time, I've, done, I've, I've, I've tried, I've, I've done changes myself, obviously, yeah. to uh, eat better and all that stuff. Not that I was eating really bad, but I, I definitely have a different type of a diet. And being and uh, being not able to do a lot of physical stuff that I love to do, I kind of gained a little bit of weight. And it was hard for me to come back down. I'm still trying to get back down mm-hmm. to a desired weight they want me to be. But it's hard to do that when you're only allowed to bring your heartbeat up to a certain amount of BPI. Kills, you know, yeah, yeah. Beats yeah. per minute BPMs. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I go past it on stage. Yeah. <laughs> I try to calm down. I feel, I feel myself like shit, calm down. <laughs> you know, but um, this, you know, you got your restrictions. Yeah, close, yeah. But uh, so it's like, did you like ever see envision yourself when you're recording Pikmin Pain, 35 years later, playing those songs all around the world? No, no. I, I mean, by vision, by victim and pain, maybe I thought maybe America. Yeah. I never thought it'd come over here or anything like that. Um, I, we, I mean, we, we were just standing up there, weren't we? we were going, yeah. It's 2019, we're watching Lost in Front, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's, if, uh, if you would have told, if you, in 2000, <clears throat> in 1983, you would have told me I would be here, I'd probably laugh in your face. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're like a little shitty man for me. I never, I was so ignorant, I didn't even know there was anything past New York City. I never knew of New York State. Really? Wow. I was unaware. That I didn't even know we connected to Canada. <laughs> so, wow, this is big. Because my whole circle was just that. New yeah, York City, yeah. like that one area. Yeah. And then when you're in a band, also you start going places. Wow, this is a pretty big country. Start connecting the dots. You, you, you just don't <laughs> know. You're unaware. And yeah. also you travel all over the world. Like, wow, this is really big. You know. It's just like, because it's weird. Because like, when I came across you guys in 96, I didn't think like 33 years later. I'd still be going to see Lost in Front. I mean, I didn't think 1986 I would see it in Lost in Front. You know, yeah, as yeah. you see the back of um, Cause for Alarm, there's you guys that pitch against that, that sort of cityscape. You're thinking, this is so far on my wheelhouse. I, I, but yeah. musically, it spoke to me, so you got that connection with it, people. Yeah, around yeah. The world. It did take us a while to get here. We had a lot of difficulties by my prison and all that stuff. We didn't get out of here until about 1990, 91, something like that. Yeah. Mm. And it was all because of me. It was unfortunate, my, my, because, you know, being out of prison. Yeah, of I wasn't a citizen. I couldn't get out of the country. There's all kinds of shit. Yeah. I'm glad we did. Right. And, or else we would have been here a lot earlier. Who knows how things would have been then. 
but it, there's been bumps along the road but I, I learned through all those bumps it was a, they were all necessary to be where I'm at so I mean what do you so what do you attribute now, now the Roger of today what do you attribute agnostic France longevity to I think our the secret to our longevity or our legacy whatever would be that we're genuine we're honest with people you know like who wants to be a part of something that's not real like when you come to a show you feel connected you feel like wow this is something I, I want to be a part of I feel connected to this band to all these people around me I feel like I belong here right. and I think that's really important and, you know once you start separating and here we're here you're there it's you you lose that connection you know it's, it's yeah we've always been about like hey this is our thing yeah we're on stage but that don't mean make mean anything don't make, make me better than you it just happened to be here and i got the mic but you got a voice too blah 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 you know yeah i think yeah. that people like that and it, it, it's not that deliberately it's something we've been doing from day one yeah of course yeah, yeah. i mean i, I like this the small scene you, <clears throat> you guys put together because it's literally you your scene you started it do you ever think that would kind of impact on the world no, no, but you know, I, 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 but I, I would say no, but at the same time, there was a lot of bands that impacted me from all over the world, right. mm. that inspired me from all over the world. Yeah. So I, I, being in a band, I didn't think my band was going to do the same thing, you know. But I was inspired by a lot of bands worldwide that I loved, that made shape me. Right. And and at the same thing, we were kind of inspiring each other. We didn't know, you know, like we were just we we're all everybody was new at it, you yeah. know. But we all helped each other. So, is there anything you miss about that, those early days of the New York hardcore scene? Those formative years? You know, I like it. I like then. I love then, of course, and I, yeah. but I love now. I mean, we, we, you know, now is a necessity. Change is a necessity. We need to move forward is a necessity. And I've got dear friends that I've had for my whole life, and I, and I love them, and I'm happy to see them. And But the thing with us is we've always been, me, I've always been a go-getter, you know. I, I always want to challenge myself. Right. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and, and rot in 1981, 82, because that's where I feel like I belong. No, I want to I I I see what's out for me in 2028. I want to take, I want to yeah, go. Yeah, I want to yeah, go. Yeah, I wanna yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, 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 I love, when it comes down to me going home, the only thing I ever listen to, I'll be really honest with you, when I go home, I have all my records and everything. I've always kept it. Is I go home and I listen to all my old stuff. I never listen to nothing new. I see all the new stuff out here in the road. I meet all new bands out in the road. And uh, I never ever had CDs. I don't care about CDs. I've always been about vinyl. Vinyl, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I go home, I listen to the same exact stuff I've always listened to. <laughs> because it's so good and I love it, you know? Yeah. And it, and, it, and why change? And, and, and a lot of, and it was always, it was fresh and new to me. And it still stays fresh and new to me. And a lot of these new bands are great. And, and some of them are very inspiring, and we, we get inspired by them too, just by playing with yeah. them. But, you know, there's nothing like fucking Minor Threat, SSD Control, no. you know, Bad Brains, you know, I can keep going. Like, these were bands that were like so fucking unique and so distinctive that there was nothing like it. I love like it. they change your life, you know? You yeah. yeah. And I need to go back to that all the time. I go back to it all the time. That's why my family is a sanctuary, yeah. and my wife knows when I'm in there, I'm just. Yeah. I'm just regenerating, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's my it's my regeneration. It's what keeps me motivated. It's what keeps me focused. It's what I love the most. You mentioned um, family and friends on the road. Uh, you got the take up with you, Will Shapler. Yeah. Was it good reconnecting with him after all these years? Oh yeah, Will was a brother. We love yeah. him. You know, there was a time when Will did a tour with us for a minute. He filled in for Jimmy Clay, and uh, I told him any night he wants to go up there and do. Crucify us, I mean, he can, but he hasn't done it yet. <laughs> but we, you know, me, we, you know, we're, 
I, I love Willie. We've we've had conversations about maybe doing like a little one voice reunion, just do the tent show somewhere. Oh, wow. Play. But oh. it sounds great. It sounds great until you actually want to go out and do it, and then you like have to pick the clubs, and then uh, yeah. will people still remember? But yeah. We talk about all that stuff. Well, we did a cause for alarm. Two shows, exact cost for long. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was. It was it, I'm gonna tell you something. It was a. First, we did. Let me, let me go back. We did it in twenty, the 25 year anniversary, for Victim and Pain. We did it with the original Victim and Pain lineup. That was magicals. Me, Vinny, Rob Cabula, Dave Jones, and we did Victim and Pain United Blood. We played one show. Yeah, yeah. It was phenomenal, right? Then we went and did Cost for Alarm with the same guys. I mean, with you know Louis Beto, Alex Kynan. Rob Kabula, Vinny, and me, and that was two days. It was magical. So yeah. it's so cool to do that. It's it's just awesome. The That's the thing. All these uh, as these records are coming, the anniversaries are coming around. You can yeah. revisit them, can't mm-hmm. you? Right? And then the thing is, like you say, would anybody come to see it? Well, you know, happy year, thirty-three years, first year, thirty years later. Yeah. We would be there because we're still here now. You know what I mean? We we will go yeah. to see yeah. those things. Yeah. It's just a, a a place to do. Like we did yesterday, yeah. Leeds. We did just the anniversary show, Leeds. We did Victor Payne, you know, That's it. Yeah. Leeds. And it was insane. It was like a CBGB show. Okay. We don't do that everywhere. We just pick a show to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing with with one voice, which is what we want to do next, is um, or maybe we should try something with Steve Martin. Steve Martin is pretty busy. But the thing with one voice is that we're all over the country, and, and I've explained it. I explained it to Wilson, but we're all playing. So it's just if we can figure out that we will do this, and then we can meet in New York if that's what we're gonna do it for one show first. And stay there for a week and get in the fucking studio together. It can happen. So sounds good. What if you could go back to the Roger who's going to the Roger fight and you give him one piece of advice? What would you tell him? What would you tell yourself? You know, I've always been that guy that believe in your dreams, whatever they are. And uh, it, it wasn't my dream to. I never liked the whole rock and roll. Uh, I, I was never an arena type of guy. I mean, I went, the biggest show I probably ever went to go see was The Clash when they played with The, the Who. And um, I think that what's one of those guys, Sylvester, Sylvester, one of those guys played, I forgot the name, uh, one of those guys played for yeah. New York Dolls, that show. Okay. It was at Shea Stadium. I only went with my friends and I went to go see The Clash, you know. And I was like an, like an ignorant <laughs> punk kid. I walked out before The Who played. To this day, I regret it. You know, I really do agree. Yeah. I think know. that's the one JJ uh, mentions in his book, isn't it? It's a big hoo in the class show. Yeah, but he's selling an ass. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I was like, we, oh, yeah, okay. Well, we went to go see the show and walked out and never saw the hoo. Like, wow. But I was a punk kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. Crash, you know? <laughs> but anyway, what I'm going to get is I never, you know, it's hard because I, I, when I joined the band, it wasn't about, like, doing a band to do something. It was about, like, I needed friendship. I needed to be friends. I found people that were just like me, and I, and I felt alone till then. Right. I felt like I, I felt like I was walking the earth, but I had no no reasoning to. I felt like I found people that spoke what I spoke, the same language I spoke, whatever that may be. I felt like I found my tribe. I felt like I felt the people that made me feel at home and made me my, feel like myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then of course it became a band and everything else. I like, we never did this to be a band. It was what big people, kids do now. They do. They get together. Okay, we're gonna be a band. We wanna be a famous band. Great. If that's what you wanna do, and I inspire them. That's what. But it gave you a sense of family. But, but, sense yeah, of for it. us, it was never. We were really never wanted. We were just. We wanted to say something because everybody else around us was saying something. We were all contributing. Like you're contributing. Yeah. I was contributing with a mic and saying you're contributing by putting something in a fanzine, and you contribute by putting something in radio, yeah. underground radio. You contribute by making a flyer. That's what it was like. 
and and it was never like okay we're gonna do all this together guys so we could be big rock and roll stars and yeah well that was never a vision it became that yeah but, but today because it became that magically for me i tell people it's, if you do whatever you want to do to follow your dreams and it, it was never a dream for me to do this never never even a thought it was it was more of a friendship something i, I needed these people to to, to to just to exist. Yeah, you know? yeah. But follow whatever that is. Awesome. So does life begin at fifty? Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should yeah. see what I do at fifty. <laughs> In fact, sometimes I think of myself, why did I wait till I was fifty to do this shit? <laughs> if I would have started off, that would have been my awesome. you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Any any last words, Rod? Oh thank you. Uh, do you have any last words? Uh, thank you for the interview guys. Appreciate no, it. I don't know if you had any more questions. Okay, that was Roger Amiri from Nasty Front, uh, which brings our show to a close once it more. It does. It's over. <laughs> For this week, anyway. For this week, anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, so, a couple of shout-outs we want to give. Uh, as always, our sponsors, oh. Engineer Records. The home of hardcore and punk rock in the UK. Oh, hell yeah. And Not to mention a couple of good books. A couple of good books, too. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> And shout out to Roger Mira as well, just for uh, giving us that interview. Well, uh, some time, just you know, yeah. music and everything else, and just being such a good dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so um, okay. Until the next time. Until the next time. Bye bye.